Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay as usual. And we have got a special late night edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast. It is currently 1 a.m on the East Coast here because we just wrapped up with our live stream of the Colorado Avalanche versus the Anaheim Ducks and Christian. We certainly picked a game to live stream for three hours. Yeah, that was brutal, man. That was a truly, truly bad game to live stream. Uh, It was awesome if you had the under. Uh, But other than that, that game had a whole lot of nothing happening. Yeah, the Avalanche win it. Two to nothing over the Anaheim Ducks. Sam Gerrard with the only goal, the goalie in net. Nazem Kadri with the empty netter. Most importantly, Frankie with the shutout. And as the second shutout for the Avalanche in their last three games, what do you have? 33 saves on the night. 33 saves. Not a not a nothing shutout either. That was an impressive performance from Pavel Francouz. 34 saves on the night. Ducks go 0 for 4 on the power play. The penalty kill comes through strong as well. Not the best came for the Avs, but I, th- I think for this episode, we're going to be focusing on a much more exciting, much more important game for the Avalanche against the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I mean, just kind of my final thoughts about this Avs-Ducks game we just watched. I mean, the Ducks played a really good game. The Avs, I thought, were just kind of going through the motions for majority of the game. I do feel really like excited for Pablo Francois because – he's worked his ass off trying to get back to this point and for him to get a shutout and play really well. I'm really happy for him. I saw a stat. They tweeted out this first time the abs have had back-to-back road shutouts um, in franchise history. So that's pretty damn cool. But yeah, this game was uh, not a whole lot of exciting. So I'm, I'm cool to move on to the much more exciting game, which was the wild and the uh, abs. If you are ready to move on to that one. Yeah, just my final thoughts on this game. The Sam Gerrard goal, great to see him get on the board. And the only goal that beats John Gibson is a puck that literally skipped off the ice and off his pad and into the net with about two minutes left to go in the second period. I mean, it's pretty safe to say this is the most boring game the Abs have played all year. Not a bad thing either because we won, so I don't really We won. Care. All that matters. If we would have lost, I, I don't even know if I would have been mad we lost, honestly. Like that game was just so mad. Like, I'd be relieved it was over. Yeah, like that was truly a horrific game to watch. Shout out to all the people who hung out with us and watched the game with us. We promise the next one we do will be better. Yeah, it's just a brutal game to watch. And if you if you are one of those people that hung out with us on stream, thank you very much for sticking through us. And that was a three-hour stream. And especially because of the our schedule and TNT, the Rangers and Leafs game didn't end until 25 minutes into our stream. So we still had to – we had to – pretty much do a watch along for the final like 10 minutes of that game, then wait for the puck to drop. And then we had to sit through that. Yeah, that was, that was rough, man. That was truly, truly 
a rough game to watch. Yeah. Um, I was expecting to have everyone who joined. We had a blast doing it. Yeah. I was, I was expecting to have a much longer conversation about this game coming into it, but I genuinely don't have anything else to say. This was a brutal, brutal game. The third period was pretty fun. The we, Oh, Curtis McDermott. We got to talk about the Curtis McDermott fight. That was a good fight. That was the best fight of the season. A real heavyweight tilt between Curtis McDermott and Nicholas Delorier. We talked about it for some reason, too, and we had Nate Thomas on the Quack Report podcast in the third period. The Ducks always bring it against the Avs, and there's just such an animosity between these two teams that you just wouldn't expect. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they played eight times last year, but um, they do not like each other at all. So it, 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 the games are always intense. Um, I'm glad that uh, Curtis got out there, laid the wood, it was a great fight. Both guys' hands were bloodied after it. Like, uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen so much blood on somebody's hands after a fight. Yeah. Before. Like, he cut his hand wide open after that. Did he play? I, I think he played a couple more shifts after that. I'm pretty uh, sure he did. Let me yeah. look at it. He played five minutes, which is more than he usually does. Yeah. So, Curtis McDermott did his job, um, and we rocked and rolled. But, yeah, the Avs win. That's the most important part. And now we got to go into L.A., which is also a tough place for us to play. And in a back-to-back, I'm, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about it afterward. We talk about the Minnesota game, but the second half of back-to-back in this team already looked pretty winded. Yeah, that third period, they picked it up a little bit more. They picked up the pace a bit. So the Avalanche win 2 to nothing. Boring part out of the way. Let's get to the real meat of this podcast, and that is the Colorado Avalanche defeating the Minnesota Mild 4-3 to in a shootout and in my opinion, the most exciting game of this season, like not maybe not the best game, but to me, the most intense. It was definitely the most intense. Um, I'd say the Maple Leafs game was the most fun I've had in the game. Yeah, most but fun was, was the Leafs game. This one was yeah. the most like I am sitting on my couch sweating game. Yeah, yeah it was an awesome game. And I, I think we can just start right away in the first period. I, I thought it was going to be a blowout. Avs go up 2 nothing off goals from Miko and Alex Newhook. I thought we were going to blow them out again. I really did. Like that first period, the Avs played probably one of their best periods that they've played all year. Yeah, the, fir- the first period, it wasn't even close between these two teams. We, f- we get the five-on-three power play that Miko scores on. Newhook scores two seconds after the power play expires. I, th- I thought we were going to run away with this one. I really did. But Kapokokkanen, the wild goaltender, was fantastic. Um, it should have been 4 nothing after the yeah. first. It really should have because he played that well that kept them in the game. And then you got to give the wild credit. They picked it up um, in the second period and third period. Yeah. And not to mention, we hit like two posts in the first period as well. Kakinen made some outstanding glove saves. I agree. I, I thought we were pretty ready to, to run away with this game at a certain point. But then 33 seconds in the second period, Kevin Fiala just gets by on a, a bad defensive play from Sam Gerrard. Like just, that's not the kind of play you need there. He gets beaten clean after making a, a poke check and kind of just giving up on the play. And Fiala burns right past him and goes upstairs on Darcy Kemper on what's essentially a breakaway. Yeah. I mean, that was just, it came out of nowhere too. I, I, I can't even remember. I think it was Berkey hit, had a shot and it missed the net and um Fiala has more speed than I think people give him credit for, and he beats Kemper at glove side. It, it was a good goal. I mean, I agree with you on the fact that Sammy G did not play that very well. Um, 
I would have liked to see him play the puck more than the body, but that's two one. I still was feeling good. Like I, I wasn't as nervous going into him. Like we were 30 seconds in, like just coming off of that first period, you thought that was just going to be kind of a fluke goal for the wild. Um, because that first period, I, I don't think we can state enough just how much the abs dominated them, the wild in that first period. So I thought it was going to be a fluke and uh, yeah, that was definitely not a fluke. The wild really turned it on uh, at the start of the second period. Yeah. And for Sam Gerard on that play, like I just, I'd want to see a little more effort on it. Like it's a, it's a tough play to defend to the, the anti Sam Gerard crowd. Cause he, it just, it just wasn't a good effort on the goal. I feel like that's as simple as you can put it. And all of a sudden now Minnesota's back in this game. And all of a sudden after your great first period, 33 seconds into the second period, it's a one goal game. And like you said, Minnesota completely turned the tables after this. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be the opposite because they had had a couple days off. The Wild had. I thought they were going to play a good first period and the Avs were going to come on the second and third. It was the complete opposite. Uh, the Avs came out with more jump uh, in the first and then the second, third period. I don't think the Avs necessarily played bad. I just think that the Wild played really good hockey. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. It also just seemed to me that the team was just running out of gas at a certain point. We had the back-to-back against Arizona and I know it's against Arizona, but you're still going out and playing hockey for 60 minutes and 65 in the first one. And Minnesota, like we said, they, they just turned on the gas here in the second period, started playing some real good hockey outside of the fact that I, I don't say this lightly. This was a cowardly performance from the Minnesota wild. They were totally greasing it up out there. Like I don't flopping all over the place, flopping all over the place. Like, and I, again, I don't say that lightly. The flopping here was embarrassing from Alex Goligowski. And I forget who it was in the corner, but like diving after like Jack Johnson, like touched his stick, like taking both of his feet off of the ice. Like it, I was embarrassed for them at a certain point. Like, this, this is the state of hockey. Are you fucking kidding me? This is how did you're you going to act here tonight. Did you see Dean Evanson after the game? Just being like the refs had that. It's like, dude, you guys got so many fucking calls <laughs> because you guys were flopping. Like the one on Miko Rantanen was truly one of the worst penalties I've ever seen called on a player. Like that was truly horrific. What the ref did there for Miko Rantanen. Like I, I cannot believe they called that a penalty on him. Yeah, like Goligoski felt Miko's stick touch him as he passed by and acted like he just got shot in the back. Yeah, like it, he flopped all. Was that were the abs on a power play at that point, or was it just five on five? I can't remember. It was it was five on five, but they gave Miko the interference and Goligoski the embellishment. Yeah, what is it? Pick one. Is it embellished or is it interference? Because if Goligoski doesn't do that and start acting like he just got shot, then it's not interference. So yeah. why is Miko going to the box when he embellished the thing? I I I've never understood that. Pick one. It's interference or embellishment, not both. It can't be both. I, I agree with you. It can't be both, but it's, it was so bad. Like I, I hate the Minnesota wild with all my heart. Um, I, like I just get reminded each time we play them, how much these yeah. guys just generally suck. And it extends mostly. To it's mostly that, like, I, I didn't hate their team. It was mostly their fans. I hate, but now they're making me hate the team. Um, Cause their fans, like you, you've all seen the video at this point now of the abs fan yelling at the wild fan, not the best look for abs fans. Oh, I'm but, sure the Minnesota guy is totally innocent in that whole thing. Yeah, no, I Minnesota mean, has never done anything wrong. Yeah. He's definitely not, but I mean, it's just like, 
like I despise Minnesota Wild fans, not just like it's just they're so cocky for no reason. And it's like, yeah, bro, you like what? Like, shit. show me the cup banner that backs up this arrogance. What the yeah. hell is it with these guys? At like, and we're, we're going to talk about Darcy Kemper. Trust me, I am going to talk about Darcy Kemper. But the fact that they were acting like Jordan Greenway did nothing wrong and Kemper dove. Let me put this in the politest way possible. Go fuck yourself. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you thought he dove getting run into his brain? Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was, should we just dive into that now? Since let's we just the, fucking dive into the box? Jordan Greenway is a real piece of shit. That is the worst goalie interference I've ever seen in my life. He was not pushed. He, there, Kemper was not outside of his crease. Greenway saw Kemper and lowered his shoulder, ran right through his crease, got nothing but head contact, knocked Kemper out of the game, and rightfully got the shit beaten out of him by Curtis McDermott, and we get nothing out of it. No penalty. It was no power play. It was the refereeing refereeing on uh, what day was that, Griffin? Monday? Monday. Monday. Yeah, yeah, my days are also crossed up here. Um, technically Thursday now. Yeah, the officiating was truly horrendous in that game. Um, I, I said on Twitter, I will never understand NHL officiating. I, I, I think that's something I'm just going to give up because it, it's it's an exhausting thing to do to try and figure out NHL officiating. Like I get McDermott started the fight there, but what is he supposed to do? You're what do you always want him to do? Yeah, like you're always lying on the ice. Like what, what what's he supposed to do? Like um, what kind of position are you putting us in here? Either, our options are either to not defend our goalie and take the power play or stand up for our fucking guy. So we are, so we have to choose between looking Darcy Kemper in the face and explaining why we didn't protect him or a two minute power play. Like what, why is that on us here? Why is that on us? Curtis McDermott is defending his goalie who. It looked like at the moment just got a concussion. Thankfully, he's okay and he's going to play tomorrow in L.A. But you've got to be kidding me that we came out of that at even strength. That's a joke. And the fact that Jordan Greenway didn't get suspended is 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 even worse. He didn't even get a it, hearing. Yeah, he didn't even he get a hearing. Man. What like expl- explain that to me, Department of Player Safety? You bunch of jokes. You've got to be joking with that. How is that not a dangerous play? He wasn't pushed. Kemper was not outside of his crease. He saw him the whole way, lowered his shoulder, nothing but head contact on a goalie. Yeah. The definition of a defenseless player. What do, What else needs to be done on this play to warrant a suspension? And Jordan Greenway's bullshit little quote after the game, like, oh, he didn't mean it. He didn't. I'm trying to find the quote, but no, coincidentally, all of a sudden, you can't find it anywhere now. Here it is now. Is that? Oh, I didn't really try to intentionally give it to him. I was just, I was just skating through. Obviously, I ended up clipping him, and then the fight. You know, you've got to kind of expect it from a guy like that, right? Go fuck yourself, Jordan. Are you kidding me? What you were just in a silly, goofy mood and decided to run through the crease, kick rocks, you friggin' dork! And the the oh, you've got to expect it from a guy like that, right? Like you didn't deserve to have your face put through the ice for that. In case you can't tell, I'm a little upset about this because the Wild got away with knocking our fucking starting goalie out of the game for for no reason, no repercussion. Even if McDermott didn't fight him, all we would have gotten out of that is a two-minute power play. 
Greenway got to play for the rest of the game, and he almost scored the game-winning goal. Imagine how pissed I would be in that case. Oh, I would have been livid. I've been holding this in for three Two days now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it was was bad. I mean, I I still – I don't understand what is warranting a meeting with player safety. I mean, I didn't watch the – who got suspended today? Orlov. Orlov. Was it bad? Not two games bad. Yeah. But I mean, it deserved a hearing at least. It, that was way more accidental than this. Orlov missed his check and got Ehlers in the knee. At least a fine, maybe a one, two game is harsh. Greenway got nothing. That, like, that to me is like, you don't care. You're not paying any attention. All you're seeing is Curtis McDermott beating the snot out of him and being like, yeah, justice is served. Meanwhile, our starting goalie is in concussion protocol for the rest of the game. A guy with an injury history that if we lose him, we are fucked. And now Pavel Fransos has to come into this game cold halfway through. Tell me how Minnesota just gets what stops Curtis McDermott on the second he gets out of the box from just sprinting down the ice and bowling Kapokakinen over. There's no repercussion for it. No. There's nothing. I mean, it, it's that's the problem with having a George Peros, who's a former goon, and as an idiot. The, yeah, as the uh, president of the player safety, because in his mind he thought that was settled by McDermott fighting Greenway. I guarantee you, that's what those were his thoughts. Yeah, like it was already settled. There's no need to punish him, and it's like, but, eh, I mean, but even then, why, why, why the instigator there? So, so you don't want him to do that then. What is the message here? Do you see what I mean about consistency? I literally sound like a crazy person right now. I understand that. But so McDermott handled it on the ice. Justice was served. Why did he get a two-minute instigator then? So you don't want him to fight him then. What do you want anyone to do? How is Curtis McDermott in the league then if that fight's not allowed? The second you touch a goalie after the whistle blows, you poke his pad, people try to put you through the glass. This is not new to hockey. How are we coming out of that even strength? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't either, man. It was bad. It was really, really bad. So I, I don't know. I, I, I want to get more upset about it, but I just feel like every time I get upset about something, I just get even more upset about the next thing. I'm sweating so, right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get mad about stuff, and it's just kind of like, man, I'm getting mad about something that nothing else is ever going to happen with it because it – I'm sure it'll happen again where a player, a goalie gets hit like that and it'll be result in a suspension and we'll be confused as shit why it happens there. But it, it's, it makes no sense, man. Like, it, I'm just, it really makes no sense. I'm going to throw this out there. If Marc-Andre Fleury takes that hit, it's a two-game suspension. Oh, without a doubt. It's the league plays favorites. And for some reason, the Avalanche, they don't get this shit. So, like, I go back to the Landeskog suspension at the beginning of the year. Why was that a suspension? He hit him in the chest. And now you fast forward to everything else that we've been through this entire season with the non-suspensions. I have one simple question. What the fuck? Yeah. What is the consistency for any of this? Why do, why does no one who does anything to this team ever get suspended? This is like the fifth time. I mean, there's been so many times this year. I mean, I, I still reference the Steven Stamkos hit on Sam Gerrard. Yeah, Bobarum elbow to the head. Did yeah, Bobarum. Like, all I want is a penalty out of it. I don't need a fucking suspension. Just give me a penalty. 
or something. Give give them some punishment for running our players. Our guys are getting headshotted left and right, and no one's doing anything about it. Why does this Department of Player Safety exist? They don't do anything. I disagree with you, man. They only suspend AFS players. That's what they're there for. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm I'm trying not to lose my shit here, and I understand I've failed immensely at that. (laughs) But I just – I can't wrap my – this one, like, actually boiled my blood for the rest of the game. Like, it – I was angry. Like, legitimately, like, head in my hands, staring at the screen with an angry look on my face, angry, like, sweating because I wanted to win so bad. Yeah, I mean, they – it's – I don't know. That that, that game – it sucks, too, because – Kemper was coming off a shutout. I mean, that first goal he gave up wasn't his fault at all. I mean, that Not was a perfect shot. But he was playing well. I mean, he couple, made a couple big saves in the first period, and he tried to stay in the game, and then I think the concussion spotters pulled him out. Yeah, and rightfully um, so, because he was down on the ice after a traumatic blow to the head. Yeah, so that stunk. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the game wasn't over. I, that probably happened with, what, 10 minutes left in the second period? Yeah. Yeah, about 10 minutes left in the second period. And Frankie came in and, I mean, rightfully so, I'd be a little nervous too coming into a game cold where you're not expecting to play. Um, I oh thought he played – Sorry, before we move on, they gave McDermott a misconduct too. Yeah. They gave him a 10-minute misconduct as well. Yeah. Greenway was allowed right. back after two minutes. Yep. Like, I, I, God, I, I'm actually – I'm still mad about it. I'm still mad because how the hell does that happen? Our know, goalie man. gets run over, and we're the ones being punished. Yeah, it makes no sense. Anyway, go ahead before I die. No, 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 you're good. But, yeah, it was uh, – nothing else really happened in the second period. I mean, it was pretty – like, the Wild had a couple chances, but Frank made a couple big saves. Um, we were up, still up one going into the third period. And then the third period, I think it's right to say all hell broke loose. Yeah, like in the second period, Minnesota was in full control, I would say, for the most part. They played a really good second period. They played a really good second period. The Avalanche did not have much of an answer. And Frankie, thankfully, came in and was outstanding in this game. Thank God he was ready to go. I mean, Peter tweeted out a really funny stat before the the Ducks game during this Minnesota game that that Francois has been better coming in in relief than he has starting. I think he, he was like an 875 when starting, but he's like a 933 coming in in relief for Kemper. Yeah. So thankfully he's come ready to play because I'd say alongside Kakinen, he was the biggest part of winning this game. I mean, Kakinen got the wild to overtime at all. Yeah. If it wasn't for Kakinen, this game would have been over in the first period. I mean, yeah, we already seen that close. It, it would have been truly a blowout. Um, but yeah, I mean, the second period, I, I didn't think the Avs played good at all like there was nothing in that period that was like oh the abs have something like i was definitely nervous going into the third period i was i was nervous as well because you could you could feel it the second they got that goal it's something the abs have struggled this this year against good teams it's getting that third goal and going up three to nothing and and really putting these games away and the second minnesota got that goal i was like this is this is going to be a tough one tonight yeah and it was, and we're lucky this wasn't tied before the end of the second period. And you get to the third period and Minnesota is not letting up at all. We had a no. power play early on, but even, actually, no, we didn't at all. Actually. And now that I'm remembering correctly, because they called a high stick and a hold on Felino and McKinnon actually yeah. even then the Duhame dive yep. on 
the Jack Johnson thing where Johnson like is literally just playing him and touches his stick. Duhami literally wipes both of his feet out behind him and falls to the ice and they call a penalty on Jack Johnson. Like where is your self-respect Brandon Duhami? Like, that was on, I forgot about that one. Yeah, you are on national television. Have some respect for yourself diving like that, you joke. Minnesota gets me so mad. They're pretty, pretty, uh, they're pretty terrible. But yeah, that, that was, Doesn't yeah, I, was, I was in the arena. Uh, unfortunately, I sit on the attack one side, so I have to deal with a lot of those fans all the time. Um, it was truly horrific. Uh, luckily, the ones sitting in front of me actually weren't terrible. Even they were kind of laughing at some of the calls because they were they were diving all over the place. Um, but yeah, I mean it's 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 two one still in the third period, and then I don't know how did they get that break. I'm trying to remember how they got that break. Which like what break? happened that what happened that the Wild had that had that partial breakaway? Which one are you talking about here? In the third period where they tied the game, because remember it started with the partial break. Yeah, uh, the, and then the thing broke it up. The thing I remember yeah. most about that play is Logan O'Connor failing to get that puck out. Zuccarello yeah. picks it up and it's a, it's a real broken play. And Zucca, like all you have to do O'Connor is you just got O'Connor not have a good game in this one. You no. got to put some force behind that and get that up and out of the zone. Just yeah. a, it was a weak little poke to try to get it out. And Zuccarello just gives it right to Kaprizov and Frankie almost had it. He was yeah, right I, there with it. It just leaked through him. It's a it's a nice play for the wild and just a bad effort from the abs on there. Yeah, I, I don't even think Kaprizov hit that shot right because the way he was shooting that, that Frankie was going. going over there for the one-time blast and it goes, I think he kind of fluffed it a little bit and it goes five hole. Yeah, and, I, think it, I, think, I think it was going wide, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was not a good, honestly, a good shot. It, it was from below the circle. It was almost below the goal line. Um it was a great play by Zuccarello. That pass was fantastic. I mean, he deked out everyone with that pass. Um, and Kaprizov just continues to play fantastic against the abs. I don't know what it is about playing the abs, but he's fantastic. I mean, um, he's just pretty good in general. I've seen Yeah, he's just a good players. hockey player. I don't, even, I, don't even think it's, I don't even think it's an abs thing. I think that's just how good he is. I mean, you look at his last five games, he's got goals in four of them. Yeah, he's he's just a good hockey player in it fucking annoys me to say that but he, he is good um so it's 2-2 i i agree with you i i don't think logan o'connor particularly had a good day to, in no, that game he's he struggled a lot and that's something we haven't said a lot this year uh because logan o'connor's been one of the few like i'd say he's probably been the most consistent player for the abs all year yeah i'd say so like forward i mean i don't know that, that may be a little crazy but He's been he's been really good. I'd say I'd say Kadri's been pretty consistent. Yeah, Kadri's been pretty consistent. But oh, we didn't even mention that Valeri Nachushkin didn't play in this game. He was put in COVID protocols. I totally um, forgot that even happened. He, it looks. Yeah. It seems like if he tests negative, he'll play tomorrow against LA. Yeah. I saw. So completely so, asymptomatic. So much that I just totally forgot that was even. Yeah, a- I forgot about that one. He didn't play against the Ducks either. Um, and then the other big breaking news out of the NHL is they're going to stop testing asymptomatic players February seventh. After the all-star break. Yeah. After the all-star break. So that could be huge for the league. Um, I mean, that the abs, I can't remember the last time we heard of a player being symptomatic. So um, that's big news, but yeah, finish up the wild game two, two. I was nervous. I thought we were going to lose this game. Once that went in, I I thought the game was over Uh, just because the abs hadn't been, they have hadn't played well since the first period. 
yeah, I did. I did not like the Avs game since the first period. And I felt like it was only getting worse. And Minnesota was taking over more and more as the third period went on, they get this goal. And I, I thought we could drag it to overtime and we got absurdly lucky here to get this goal from Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, I mean, it was a great play. Yeah, Like, it sucks that that puck just didn't go definitively in. I mean, it did go definitively in. It went in the net. Let's let's clarify right away. There is no doubt that puck was in the net. It's a beautiful play from the top line. Rantanen to Landskog, cross-crease to McKinnon. I I thought Kakinen made the save of the year initially. Then they show the replay, and there's no way that puck is not in the net. You can't officially see it, but unless the puck grew a mind of its own and crawled up his pants in a split second before he shoves his leg into the net, there's nowhere else for it to be. No, I mean, it it had to go in like, and there's been some pictures that come out that show it was wedged between his uh, skate laces and the pad, which at one point was touching the back of the net. So we we know the goal had if I am a Minnesota fan trying to not show my bias, I can see their frustration because of the replays, there is not a definitive video evidence that shows the pucks in the net. And I would counter argue that, that yeah, you didn't physically see it in the net, but you see the, his entire back leg in the net. And then they show once he's standing up and pulling the puck out, he's pulling it out between his skate and pad, which is in the back of the net. The I don't disagree with you, man. It. Yeah. But I agree it's in, but I, I, I think by the letter of the law, the wild do have a little bit of a gripe. The problem is, is there's a huge flaw in the law because because everyone puck knew in. that puck was in the net. Yeah. Everyone, the, 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 the NHL got the call right. They're, they ar- did. They're, they're arguing the most bullshit technicality imaginable. And Dean Evason goes in his press conference after the game. So I said to the refs, who made the call? You guys are the league. And they said the league did. And I asked, did you guys see it in the net? And they said, no, we didn't see it in the net. So I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to seeing the NHL network or them sending out that video to see what angle they had that shows the puck in the net. Because no angles that we have showed that puck was in the net. You know, it could be in his crotch. It could be anywhere. And sure, you can assume that's in the net, but that's not the rule. Dean, it's in. There is nowhere else for that puck to be. And again, I would argue there is video evidence. He pulled the puck out of his skates. His skate is in the back of the net. So unless he's David Blaine pulling a magic trick in the middle of the game, that puck is in the net. Like, sure, you do not literally see it. You know why you don't literally see it? Because it's in his pads. Like, at some point, you have to let common sense and logic take over and say that puck is in the net. Yes, it is in the net. Yes, it is a goal. Like, I, I, un- I understand the gripe, and they're trying to appeal to the league because they, want, they don't want it to count. Why, why would you want a goal to count? Yeah. They're, try- they're trying to get it back, and they're trying to show frustration after the game. I understand that. There is not an ounce of common sense or logic in the world that says that puck is not in the net. It is. Yeah. It's right there. You see we the puck into his pads. It, it'd, be, it'd be one thing if, like, his skate went over the line. His entire leg is in the net. Unless, unless the puck is in his jersey, it's in the net. Yeah, you don't literally see it, but where else is it? And you see, I, I forget who the wild player was, like, pushing his goalie skate out of the net. Like, he knows. They know like, him. I'm shocked they didn't call it a goal on the ice. 
I, I understand why they didn't because they don't unless they literally see the puck they're not gonna call it but they got the call right and i was totally expecting them to get it wrong oh i was expecting them to fuck i was them. totally ready to come on this show and freak out about how we got screwed again but they they actually got it right which honestly shocked me they did it shocked me too they got it right so the abs are up three two all seems to be going well and what was it like probably like 45 seconds later yeah less maybe. than a minute later like I, I this this one this is probably the most angry I've been in a, in a goal the Avalanche have given up all year. How do you lose Kirill Kaprizov in front of the net? Yeah, I mean, it, it was another it was another like both goals in the third period could have easily been prevented if you make strong plays getting it out of your zone, and both times they flubbed it. I mean, Landeskog has that on his stick. All he has to do is chip it out, and he doesn't. And Kaprizov was the shot blocked. I think it was the initial shot was blocked or initial something. Initial shot from Zuccarello was blocked. It gets through Taze and Johnson, and it goes again. This is a, an incredibly lucky bounce as well. Yeah, the luckiest of luckiest bounces. It goes right to Kaprizov. Frankie does make the first stop, but there's literally nothing he can do. There's no one there. There's nobody there to cover Kirill freaking Kaprizov in front of the net. Like EJ and Taze, they they both lose track of him. Of course, he's going to score from right there. Yeah, I like, mean, it, it, I don't know why Kale McCarr wasn't out there. I mean, I, I love I, EJ, but I still it, think Kale McCarr is a better defenseman right now than EJ. I, I guess Bednar trusts him more with an empty net situation. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd put it fifty on EJ, fifty on Taze. Like, some someone has to realize he's right there. Yeah, it's, and like I feel like it was kind of Taze's guy. But EJ, like you gotta, you gotta, you can't just be puck watching. Yeah, and like the fact that this happened a minute after that goal, I was like, we're fucked. We're gonna lose yeah. this game. Like, we're gonna lose it, and it, it's three three. I, I agree with you. I definitely thought we were gonna lose. Like one hundred and thirty percent thought we were because we were get we were getting killed at this point. Yeah. Like that, our goal was so lucky. It went in his skates. He shoved his skate in the back of the net, and it was a 15-minute review as to whether they could definitively say without seeing the puck that it was in the net. You understand how lucky that is that we got that, and then less than 30 seconds later, we fucking blew it? Yeah. It's, I, mean, I mean, granted, Minnesota is spectacular with the net empty. I, if, I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, they've scored 11 empty net goals. That's crazy. And they've played in like 11 or even more overtime games. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're, they're finally starting to lose a couple of them, but yeah, but they just keep getting it there. Yeah. I mean, it's impressive. So I, I, I want to like the abs, like th this game, if they would have lost, I would have been upset. I would have been, I would be furious right now. I yeah. also, I also do want to mention before we get into overtime and the shootout and everything, this is a point I did make on Twitter. If we, even if we did lose, I think there is an excuse. Since we've come back from break, the Avalanche played eight games. We just played a back-to-back -back against Arizona. This is our third game in four days after a back-to-back -back two days prior against Seattle and Nashville. You want to guess how many games Minnesota has played in that same stretch since we came back on the second? Three. Three games. That's it. And I'm uh, trying to remember off the top of my head – when they played their last game before us was, if I could very quickly search on NHL.com. It was, it was two days prior against Anaheim. Yeah. Before the Ducks game, they had five days off between playing Washington and playing Anaheim. So they were well-rested. So I understand why Minnesota had the fresher legs in the third period 
Absolutely. And it, that extends to the Ducks game as well. The Ducks have not played as much as the Avs have recently. And no. we'll talk about the Kings game. I'm a little concerned for that one if we're already this well, tired. But I'm very concerned for that game. I, I'm If the Avs win that game tomorrow, I will be shocked. I will be very impressed because the Kings have played much better lately, but not before we get too far off topic here. The fact that we were able to drag this game to overtime, I was impressed by. I was mad that we gave up that goal, but I, I was, I did not have my hopes high after Kaprizov tied the game at two. No, I mean, the wild had all the momentum. So I I thought that game was going to get going to be over quickly in overtime. And, um, and overtime, like overtime was good. Overtime was outstanding. I, yeah. th- I thought it was an amazing overtime. It's, have we solved overtime finally? Like it, it seems like we finally figured it out. We don't. Oh, the abs? Yeah. We don't yeah, suck at it anymore. Yeah, the abs and overtime have been so much better lately. I don't know what it is, but we've been really fucking good. I think they just um, realized how good they are at hockey and have just yeah. tried playing better. Like I don't know how else to describe it. They just. Nathan McKinnon has stopped throwing bombs up the middle of the ice. Yeah. It's all about just puck possession and you're good to go from there. Um, which is what everyone else in the league figured out. So it's kind of a shame that it took us this long to figure out, but we figured it out. Um, and over time we've been better. Frankie made a couple huge saves. I I'm going to say we got lucky again too. the wild missed a wide open net with like yeah. 20 seconds. Left I don't game. know how Kevin Fiala missed that. Yeah. Like that's like him, the wild should have won this game nine out of 10 times. Um, but the Avs found a way. We it, we go to a shootout, and the shootout, Pavel Francouz continues to be fantastic. Not even uh, just fantastic, literally perfect. Perfect, yeah. He has not allowed a goal in his in career. Shootout, in his career, which is a crazy stat. Um, but, yeah, he uh, he was fantastic. Miko Rantanen scores the one goal in the shootout. It was a great move. Um, and the Avs win 4-3 in a shootout. And like Griffin said, the most intense game, I'd say that one had the most playoff feel. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our brand new sponsors at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that does not mean you have to drop the ball on your balls. It's time you bring sexy back in 2022 and step your game up with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to help them ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Go to manscaped.com and use code AVSITIS for 20% off plus free shipping. Griffin, it's almost 2022. It's time to ramp up your exercise and grooming routine this year for maximum gains. You know, and what better way to do that than with Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, containing six essential tools for the ultimate below-the-waist grooming routine. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin and also comes equipped with advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. We've all had our horror stories in the past, but Manscaped takes those possibilities away for you. So you've got nothing to worry about. And best of all, it also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 is going to be. And Griffin, it's also time to freshen up down there for the new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's fantastic. And for on-the-go freshness after you leave the gym, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. Yeah, and Manscaped even threw in 
the Shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. And speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and will bring your boys down south to the next level. And Griffin, we can't forget about this. Manscaped also wants to go beyond the groin this year with their new refined cologne, which offers a light yet masculine, pleasing fragrance. It is fantastic, guys. I love it. Yep. Manscaped, ever since they sent me this package, has changed the way I shave. And I'm not kidding at all when I said I thought I was happy with my old razor. The performance package 4.0 has just made me feel a lot better. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code as it is at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with code as it is. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. Yeah. Uh, and as I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into my shootout rant. You got to stick with me on this one here. I know we won this one, but I, I can't let shootouts off the hook just because we win them. This game was too good to end in a shootout. Because like, what did you just say? Playoff feel. We, there's no shootouts in the playoffs. Like it, I'm happy we won, but like it feels like it, it cheapens it for me a little bit. Like that, I would have loved to see that game end in overtime. Like over, overtime's too short. It needs to be 10 minutes. After, well, after- you, just, you just said the reason why it can't be 10 minutes, though, because the abs were already gassed. Could you imagine if they had to play basically another half period of hockey? Well, then th- at least that's honest then. Minnesota t- has that advantage. Like, just shootouts are coin flips. They don't feel like hockey to me. And it, I don't know. It felt, it felt like it cheapened it a bit. It was, it was fun. It was an intense shootout. I, en- I enjoy a good shootout. When I'm forced to watch it, I'll enjoy it. But as a result to that game, like at, especially going to the shootout from overtime, it felt wrong. Like it, it really just felt wrong for that game to go to a shootout. It, de- it deserved a proper ending in overtime because you were right. That is the most playoff feel game we've had all year. And I can't say that we won it definitively. It felt like a tie. I mean, I, I honestly think I, I'm happy we got that point because I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. We won make no mistake. I'm, yeah. I, was, I celebrated that we won. I was in a good mood for the rest of the day, but just that little, little voice in the back of my head, like you didn't win. That was a shootout. I still, I mean, the point counts. I, I don't know. I, I think they happen so infrequently now for the abs that like the two to three shootouts we have a year have become kind of fun. Um, the three on threes definitely helped with uh, shootouts. Uh, I, I think if you like, you need to figure out the point. So you have to do a shootout, but the, the only thing I reason why you can't go to 10 minutes, I'd love to see it because it's fantastic hockey, but player safety, I'm sure is the reason why. I mean, you get five minutes of it, you play 65 minutes, and then you have a shootout that hopefully decides it. I mean, there was a shootout game, was it last night that went like 12 rounds? Flyers, Islanders, I believe. Yeah, I think it was like 12 rounds. Like, that's way too long of a shootout. Like, the, the Avs ones have been perfect. They've been three rounds. It's exciting. It ends the game. Both teams get a point. I, I think if you do, if they do make a change to it, and it goes to a 10-minute overtime, you just make it that the winning team gets two, the losing team gets zero. Because that's why I, I think the shootout has the point. I mean, I, I, that gets me on another tangent of the, the loser point in general. It's stupid. I mean, it single-handedly got the abs into the playoffs a couple of years ago. Yeah. I remember they were so bad in overtime, and they I think they lost like 
14 games in overtime, but they amounted like seven wins in it because they lost in overtime. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm all for going to just wins and losses or a three, two, one, like three for regulation wins, two for OT wins and one for an OT loss. I'm fine with that. Or just, I, I think it, you, you just don't complicate it. I think if you go to, if yeah, you get win, rid of the shootout, you just have 10 minutes of overtime. Winner gets two points, loser gets zero. Yeah. Win, wins and losses outright. Yeah. Like I think I, that makes I, sense. Shoot like shootouts to me. Like, I know you guys have heard the rant a million times before on shootouts, but like, especially for a game like that, that deserved to end with hockey happening. Shootouts are it's a breakaway contest, it happens in the all star game. Like, it's I don't know, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm very tired, I'm not making the points that I want to make right now, <laughs> but I'll, I'm sure I'll talk about it again someday. But I Go, especially going from overtime to the shootout, I was like, this is wrong. This is not how this game should be ending. Because in the playoffs, it wouldn't end this way. Because, like, in other sports, they, they the overtime rules don't change. Like, unless, like other, other than football, really, they just keep going. But, like, I mean, we get rid of an entire aspect of the sport when we go to the playoffs. Imagine if we had shootouts in the playoffs. They would, be, they would get rid of it immediately because it's not a proper way to end the game. If it was a proper way to end the game, we'd have them in the playoffs. I mean, it, it, it's all about the TV because it looks good on TV. I and guess. You can retweet the highlight videos. Yeah, so I'll, I'll leave it at that there. The Avalanche win, which at the end of the day is all that matters. We are not having – we're not hosting Minnesota again for the rest of the season. The next two times we play them, we're going to have to go on the road, and we don't play them for a little bit here, I believe. I believe we don't play them again until March 27th. We're hitting the road for Minnesota. And then the very last game of the season, the 29th, we will be seeing them for the final time. That could be an interesting game because I don't know. The way the Avs are playing right now, they could pull away with the division by that point. Yeah, I think I have to I, – I just close out of the dang standings tab. But, yeah. We're at 55. They're at 47. Yeah. But we have right. two games in hand against them. Or they have two games in hand against us. Yeah, we are – yeah, we are eight points ahead of them. They have two games in hand. We're four points ahead of St. Louis. This just got updated because we just beat the Ducks too. Yeah, with we, two games in hand on them. And two games four. in hand on them. We have four games in hand on Nashville. They have 51 points. It's our division. We're going to win it. That's not it. That's not a question whatsoever. Minnesota is the only one that could give us a push, I think. Yeah, and even then, I, I think they might just be like, oh, they're, they're nipping at the heels a little bit. Oh, they're five points behind us. You know, if we fall off, you know, then they might catch us. I, th- I think they're the second best team in the, the central division. I think they're the third best team in the Western conference. This, I mean, this was, this, this felt like a clash of Titans here in this game. Yeah. It was a great game. I still don't trust Minnesota's goaltending. I, I trust Kakinen more than Talbot. I don't know. Kakinen's very streaky too. Like remember last year, there was going to be that debate and then he fell off at the end of the year. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't trust their goaltending. Um, but I mean, you could say the same thing about the abs, but I, I trust the abs scoring more than I trust um, Minnesota scoring. Yeah. I mean, Cam Talbot's a 909 and he's going to the all-star game. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Make it make sense to me. I mean, I guess when you really think about it, who would go in the central division for I mean, goals? It's usually Soros and everyone else when it comes it's to goals. Soros. I mean, would you send Flurry just for the, the, you could. You could. Uh, you could have sent Holtby, honestly. Or H- Hellebuck. Yeah. Why did Hellebuck not go? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be 
a good spot. Dude, Igor Shosturkin still is going to win the Vesna very easily. Yeah, that's not even a question at this point. Jesus. Sorry, I'm looking at goalie stats right now. Yeah, Shosturkin. Um, yeah, I mean, you could have sent Holpe. He's a 920. Jeez, I didn't even know he's that good. Yeah, I mean, he's just outside the top 10. He's number 13. What? <laughs> Guess it was a higher save percentage. I'm 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 sure I don't have the stats right, but it's showing Craig Anderson at 11th with a 921. <laughs> Has he played in like two months? I don't think so. That's why I'm saying I think this is all messed up. Yeah, because this one has still has uh my stats are almost like because it still has Charlie Lindgren leading the league in save percentage. I mean, it might be true. Wasn't he like a 963 in like the three games he played for the Blues? Yeah, 958. That's pretty funny. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at this. I mean, Soros is, I think, top three goalie in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, it's Soros. I, I think Fleury's the next closest, but, I mean, Cam Talbot should. I mean, Kokkinen's better goalie on his team, and he's not even going. Talbot, like, Talbot, I'd put him in the same camp as, like, a Kemper and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I don't get why he, like, Connor Hellebuck's a 9-15 and, like, the backbone of the Jets. Why is he not going? Fleury's a 9-16 on the Blackhawks, like, how is he not going? I hope be like you said, nine twenty. Like, what is what is going on here? Yeah, I don't know, man. It makes zero sense. But regardless, I, I still think the Wild. I don't trust their goaltending enough, man. And I, I still like. Don't get me wrong. Kaprizov's a star. He's a top ten player in the league already. Um, Arguable. They they don't have a number one center. Man, like that's yeah. going to hold them back. They don't. I mean, they really should have gone after Eichel harder. Yeah, I think Joel Eriksson X a great player. But he's a number two. He's a number two. He's not a number one. And the Wild are going to be in a little bit of cap hell next year yeah, when that dead money hits of Suter and Parisi. So th- this is going to be an interesting couple of years for the Wild. Like, this is kind of like their one chance to make a push for it. Yeah, they kind, of just, they kind of just handicapped themselves into, like, a one-year window, and then they didn't really go for it at all. Yeah. Very weird. But, I mean, I, I still them. don't care. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck the wild, always fuck the wild. I've said too many nice things about them. So yeah, like I oh I got in that game, man. Yeah, like I I think the playoffs are gonna be interesting because I have Minnesota and St. Louis meeting in the first round. I think I think that's a barn burner playoff. That's a seven game series. That's a seven game series, and I don't know who wins that. Yeah, I don't know either. Because like like I said, the wild. They're going into this cap hell, this self-inflicted cap hell where they bought out both Parisi and Suter for some reason. I understand Parisi, but I never Suter got, no sense. I, mean, I never got well. yeah, I never got buying out Suter. So they got this self-imposed cap hell that they've put themselves in. And then with all the cap space that they saved, they signed Alex Goligoski for five million dollars and didn't really do much of anything else. Like no. For a going all in year, they kind of just were doing what the wild do best and letting the tires spin. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes zero sense, man. I don't understand their their reasoning, but I, I, I'm cool with them fucking themselves. Yeah. Like, I just, I look at this team and I'm, I'm taking my avalanche hat off and putting my unbiased fan hat on. It should be way better than it is on paper. Like, why is Ryan Hartman centering Kirill Kaprizov? And I get he's having a, a career year. A career year. He's got 16 goals, but he was not going to do that coming into the season. And like their their injured reserve is like Bugstad. Yeah. And he's even back now. 
but like the fact that this was your all in year and you didn't get a center, it was wrong with you. Like I don't understand why they weren't in on Eichel. I get it. I get it would have been impossible to make it work with the cap situation, but you did that to yourself. Like, I don't understand what the plan was here. I mean, Matt Boldy's going to be good. Oh, yeah, he's fine, but he's going to be great. But, like, it's only going to get harder to win after this year. Like, if I can pull up their their cap friendly again and see what their dead cap is going to be, it's going to be, after this year, $12 million. And then the two years after that, $14 million. Yeah. How are you going to field a team with $14 million in dead cap space? Yeah. And, I mean – Kaprizov's on a great deal too. Yeah, he's nine million until twenty twenty six. But even then, like that's when he expires. When the dead cap stops, so yeah. the entire Kaprizov era is going to be, except for the final year, is going to be with this dead cap on the books. Makes and, no sense, man. And Fiala is going to be up for a contract this year, and so is stupid fucking Jordan Greenway. They're letting Apple- they're going to let Fiala walk. I guarantee it. Well, he's an RFA, and with arbitration rights, that could be interesting too. Yeah, they're going to try and trade him for a piece. He doesn't want to. They're not going to keep him. Yeah, and Kapokakinen, he's on a league minimum, de- like minimum, minimum deal right now. And he's an RFA with arbitration after this season too. Yeah. I mean, the Wild are like this is kind of their one year. Like they're, I don't know what they're doing. It's their one year. And I wouldn't even put them close to the same tier as the abs. The abs were tired, did not play a great game and still fucking beat them. And the wild were diving and embarrassing themselves all over the ice and trying to beat them. And they still couldn't do it. So yeah. getting a seven game playoff series, they're not even close. I think they win two. I think they win two games at home. Maybe even like if, if, if the avalanche play every game like that, then it's a series, but if the avalanche play their best, maybe one, maybe two if they're lucky i I i'm not i'm not if this is your all-in year i have to be certain that you're going to beat st louis i'm saying that's a seven game series toss-up how is that this is your all-in year i'm questioning whether you get out of round one in the horrible west i mean we'll see we'll see i I really don't know what's going to happen with um st louis because st louis has moments where they look really good and then they have moments where they don't know how to play hockey so they're, they're streaky they're the definition of streaky, but I, I trust St. Louis's scoring more than I trust Minnesota's. There's, there's something about St. Louis that I like. I don't know if it's Jordan Cairo and the fact that he's made me so much money that I feel biased towards them all of a sudden, but I really like their offensive depth. I don't like their defense, but Bennington has been better this season. He's been, well, I say better. He's been a nine Oh six Billy Huso has also been much better this year. He's been a 9-33. And like I I don't know I don't know what it is about. I feel like if you're putting a gun to my head in that playoff series between Minnesota and St. Louis, I'd take St. Louis. Uh, whoever has home ice wins that series. That's yeah. my personal opinion. I, I whoever think, has home ice wins that series. I think that's Minnesota honestly. Yeah. If Minnesota has home ice, I'm taking Minnesota. If St. Louis has home ice, I'm taking St. Louis. Yeah. So I, I, I got, I finally got off my chest, the Jordan Greenway thing. I'm done with that. <laughs> yeah. We can, uh, we can kind of get ready to wrap the show since uh, Griffin's going to be up to like 3am editing this. Cause he's a warrior. Yeah. It's, um, it's 2am here right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's a warrior. So we'll kind of wrap it. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on the Kings game? I, I personally, 
I don't see the Avs winning this one. It's just judging off the performance tonight, I'm going to be shocked if they win tomorrow. I would love to see them win. And I, I just don't know if they have the gas right now to pull it off. I mean, this is a first on the podcast where we'd be predicting a loss. But at some point, we've also gotten away with a lot over the last couple of games, even against Minnesota. They let us get away with a lot. Arizona let us get away with a lot. And Anaheim tonight, Pavel Francouz let us get away with a lot tonight. The Kings, even though they lost to the Lightning the other night, they're playing some pretty good hockey right now outside of giving up five goals to Timo Meyer. This is going to be a tough one. I would be very impressed if they win this game. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed abs loss, but this is probably the least confident I've been coming into a game all season. It's And it's yeah. shocking considering we're on a 10-game point streak. But yeah. I mean, we, the Kings are good at home. I, I If, this if game, the Avs win this game, I'll be shocked. If this game was in Colorado, my tune would be different. But yeah, unless unless they all have the most amazing ice bath before the game and their muscles are fully recovered, I just don't know. Like they're they they were gasping for air early in this Ducks game, and Pavel Francouz stood on his head to keep them in it. And they the, structurally they played soundly. I don't think they lose like five to two. I think this is like a three two loss if we do lose this game. I, if we, whether we win or lose my, my prediction is three to two. Yeah, that's probably fair. That's probably fair. I mean, I, I genuinely like, I hate predicting abs losses, but this is just screaming a, a loss. Yeah. Like it's a, it's the third back to back in 10 days, like at a certain point that catches up with you and you, you just put up a stinker. Like, does this not just scream a game where you just don't play that well? Like yeah. just your, your arms aren't working. Your legs aren't moving as fast as they, as you expect them to. I think Darcy's going to have a great game, but we got outshot by the wild. We got outshot by the ducks tonight. And even the coyotes game, the first one, we, they really let us off the hook in that game. If we were playing a yeah. better team, we lose that game. Coyotes are terrible. Yeah. And we the Avs have not played great hockey these past this past week and a half. No, but I, they're they're winning them. So that's all yeah. you gotta say is you're winning those games. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if they win tomorrow today by the time you're listening to this because it, it's going to be a tough game. The the Kings are not bad. I mean, they're second in the Pacific right now. So I I do think I just I hate saying it, but I do think this is a loss. And yeah, if they I mean, win. I will be never, I will never predict the absolute lose again. <laughs> I, you look back at the 10th and the Seattle game. We didn't play well in that one. The Nashville game, we played better, but not great still. We still gave up five in that game. The Arizona game, we did not play well. And you should not be going to shootouts against the Coyotes. No. And we followed that no. up with a five nothing trouncing, which is good. And the Minnesota game, another game that goes to overtime. I mean, that's, that's three of five right there. Like at a, at a certain point, you're just not going to be able to finish the job. And th- this, this screams the game. I, I'm not going to be upset if they lose. I'm going to be super impressed if they win. I say three to two. If you can, if you can get a point out of this as well, that's even better. Yeah, I agree. It's way better. So I don't know. We'll see what happens, man. I, I am, I'm excited for the game. Um, it's on ESPN, which is kind of cool, but <laughs> I mean, but it's also terrible timing. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's, this might be a real clunker. 
Yeah, we could have back-to-back games where the Avs score under three goals. It really yeah. could happen. So yeah, it's the first. That's the first time we've scored under four goals since we've come back. Like, because ever since the first Ducks game, it was four, four, seven, five, four, 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 five, four, and this was the first one that was two, and we still won, which is very yeah. impressive. I'll take it, man. I'll, I'll take, take it all day. I'll take it every time. We got another game against Montreal on Saturday. That's an easy win. I'm not predicting a loss for that one. You should trounce them. Should. Should. That's the key word there, Griffin. Should. Yeah. Should trounce them. Should trounce them. We saw what Vegas did against them last year in the playoffs. But I think that's all we've got for this episode of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Christian, I think we've been talking for four straight hours now. Something like that. Between the live stream and this, uh, thank you so much once again for tuning in. We really do appreciate it from the bottom of our hearts. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay, and you can follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. And we'll be doing some giveaways here in the coming days. We'll be sure to get on that in the next couple of days or so. But thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you all next time. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll see you then.